0: Hello and welcome to the Grief Sofa podcast. I'm Alice
1: and I'm Lucy and together we want to invite guests to come and share their grief with us.
0: Our aim is to cover a whole range of grief from a whole range of people. We're sorry for your loss but we are glad that you have found us. Thank you for listening to the Grief Sofa podcast. In today's episode Mira talks about how her dad died suddenly when she was a teenager. She talks about the lack of support in the early 2000s and how discovering the grief community and accessing therapy in recent years has been a huge help. You can find her on Instagram at grief chat.
2: So my name is Mira, I'm 34. I live in North London um, with my husband and my three-year-old son and the grief I'm bringing to the sofa is uh, the loss of my dad which was going to be 19 years ago this year uh, when I was 16 years old. And, yeah, I guess I'd uh, be happy to talk about it, share my experience. And uh, it's kind of for me to, you know, talk about my grief, which I actually enjoy doing. I feel weird saying that, but also just to, I don't know, make other people who listen to this feel a little bit um, like they can resonate or connect or feel less alone.
1: I think it's funny that you say you think it's weird talking about it because me and Alice quite frequently say like we could talk about our dads all the time and I think there's yeah. something about losing your dad where you just kind of want to keep their vibrance alive. So can you Absolutely. tell us a little bit about him and and your relationship?
2: Yeah, so um, he um, he was 50 when he passed away, um, and his name was Robin. And um, That's yeah, a great I mean. Yes, which I'll, I'll probably come to later. Actually, about how the significance of that, but um, yeah, we I, I was close with him, but he also died at an age, um, at well, sort the age that I was when I was 16, an age where when you're a teenager, you I don't know you're not you're, your life's about your sort of friends and your parents are getting to that bit, of, you know, they're kind of you know hanging out with them isn't very cool and that sort of thing. So <laughs> I, certainly, you know, there was a lot of closeness that had yet to be made. Uh, between us, unfortunately, which, you know, since I became an adult, I've become a lot closer with my mum in my 20s and so forth. I never got to that stage with my dad. So even though I consider myself to be close with him, I don't know how much I actually really knew him. You know, it was very sort of, you know, father daughter relationship, very loving. But, you know, I have a million questions I could probably ask now, now that I'm an adult, now that I'm a parent, and now that I'm, you know, had other things going on in my life. Um, so yeah but we were close in a it was a very sort of father-daughter thing I think I was a bit of a daddy's girl growing up um so we, yeah we were close um in that sense but it was very sort of child dad kind of relationship yeah sure i was still a child when, when when he died pretty much um but uh yeah like he was a very funny man um very like outgoing and vibrant con- contrasting with my mum who was sort of a bit more quiet and shy and so forth so so yeah it was always a bit more of the life of the party he had a lot of friends um which became you know even more apparent once once they die because then you've got like thousands of people descending in your <laughs> house and it was such a big funeral and I mean it was all a bit of a blur of course but yeah so he was he was a very popular person um so yeah he left quite a quite a gap <laughs> um and, and and still does I mean of course after all these years you know the gap feels different but it's it's still it's still there but yeah he left a huge gap sort of because of all the noise he made and impact he had on our lives so
0: so back when you were 16 then 19 mm. years ago that's you know that's feels like such a long time ago and I can really resonate with what you've said about the, the relationship you had with your dad mm. I, I was 17 when my mum died so mm. it's that thing of where the relationship hasn't turned into that adult relationship when it's very much yeah like you say child and parent relationship do you have many memories of when he died like do you remember how it felt or what you were thinking or what you were feeling or is it all too blurry
2: um I do in a way I mean it was it was it was a sudden death unfortunately so it was kind of you know came out of nowhere so he was well up, up until he died so yeah I mean I remember the because of that it was there's a lot of shock and a lot of delayed grieving because of the shock and the sort of, you know, all, all of that. So yeah, I, I do remember parts and there are parts that are really hazy as well. I, I resonate with a lot of what you, because I actually just, just literally listened to your mm-hmm. episode Alice, today. Okay. Um, actually only a couple of hours ago I finished it. So I really resonated a lot with what you said about, you know, some bits just being completely non-existent in my head. But there are some bits mm-hmm. that, is like you know the moment that we found out he died and you know certain things and who came to our house first and some things like that stand out but then there are lots of faces of other people I just don't even know if I ever saw them and I'm sure I did but you know so those kind of things so I I do remember some feelings but some feelings are just so long ago because it's way over half my life now ago so um, a lot has happened since so yeah something may may end up going going out of your memory um it's interesting isn't
0: it like and I think you are so right in what you say about um when it's a sudden death the shock that comes with that is so monumental and you just go into autopilot and you don't know what you're doing most of the time I mean this is certainly how I it felt for me yeah and you're so right in what you say about how memories just become far and few between. But it is really significant how certain faces or certain things stick out above the rest. I find it quite intriguing.
2: Yeah. And I wonder why that is. You know, what what is it about that particular memory that stands out and about something else that doesn't stand out? Um, but you're right about the autopilot thing. It was very much. Yeah. You're kind of catapulted into this. Um, you know you've got to get these things done you know and there's you've got to inform people and I do which is the same obviously in all deaths and things but yeah, yeah it was just yeah I just had to kind of get on with it and I suddenly felt like I became an adult in that very second to um, oh I've got a you know I, I remember helping a lot with you know funeral preparations and going and shipping people around with some random uncle that I would just met <laughs> that turned <laughs> up on a house that day didn't know who he was and he's like we need to go and pick up this person from the airport and all these things so I just remember just you know being very practical um, straight away which didn't really help when you just want to sort of feel and grieve and so forth but also maybe I also needed that distraction because I was in such a sh- state of shock
1: and you're so young i mean you're dealing with all of this you're helping with the funeral and the arrangements and you know that's that's impossibly hard so you talk about these you know lots of people coming to the house you know what what happened in those days following did you have lots of support do you have siblings yes
2: yeah, so i've got an older sister who um is four or five years older than me so she was 20 at the time Um, unfortunately she was in um, France at the time when my dad passed away so we then had to call her and let her know so it was just myself and my mum that were were with him um, at the hospital when he died and um, we'd already told her about an hour before that we were in the hospital but we didn't know how quickly he would he would take a turn for the worse um because it was so sudden mm-hmm. so yeah to call her and sort of say we called him and said oh yeah dad you know you know he's in he's in hospital where everything's fine she's like oh, okay fine you know he just dropped her off at the station just two days before uh to get the train to the airport or whatever um and then we called her an hour later saying okay he's died <laughs> and and wow. I mean, it was a shock for us let alone for her being um, in another country so Um, at three o'clock in the afternoon that he died at eight in the morning so three o'clock in the afternoon I went to the airport to go and get her Um, and that that was such a moment at Stansted Airport seeing her at the uh, arrivals bit yeah I remember that quite clearly actually again some person I didn't know had driven me there and um, yeah it was just the moment where two sisters meet after just noticing you know after hearing sorry after going through this um, was yeah that was quite a moment and yeah there was lots of people just suddenly turned up at our house which was, which was lovely for support but by the end of the day the house was completely full um a lot of them I didn't know who they were um there's a lot of my dad's friends or distant relatives that I don't know came out of nowhere I, I'm sure i would met them when I was little but as soon as they hear someone's dying next thing you know they're in their car and come without sort of letting you know which which is which is very obviously very kind but I think I found that a little bit overwhelming it's one thing having your close family there but it's another thing having people that you don't know there as well where you yeah. kind of feel that you need to be polite and offer them tea and things like that and yeah I think that was probably a bit much but i um, you know everyone's heart was in the right place.
1: Yeah it's it's interesting because when when my dad died actually we had um lots of friends and family came to the house as well and mm. I was sat in the garden um I think it was probably the day after he died and there were people coming in and out and I was trying to stay out of the way and just go through some old pictures to get them ready for the funeral cards and things and my brother really struggled with that he was like I don't want all these people in the house like they don't need to be here this is you know this we should be just on our own right now and it's it's really interesting that kind of contrast I, you know, I also was a bit overwhelmed by the fact that everybody was there, but I also knew that, you know, my mum needed them and lots of people felt like it was their jobs to be there, you know, to show up at that very moment and bring food or flowers or whatever it is. So, do you have any special ways of remembering your dad? Obviously, it's been such a long time since he passed. So I, I think it's probably quite interesting for people to know how you keep him, you know, living on in memory and how, how you incorporate that into your life now.
2: Um, it is hard in all honesty. Um, you know, I live with my husband and my son, neither of which, of course, have met him, and in a di- I'm in a different house. Uh it it's It's like the third house I've had since you know since moving out my um, my my parents' house. So I do feel quite far away from it. I mean, physically I'm not. My parents' house is only five minutes down the road, but like my space is so it's so part of my present. So I do really need to make such a conscious effort to try and you know keep those memories going. But I I do I do find it difficult. especially since becoming a parent when, you know, my life is very much dominated by by being a mum. My husband is, you know, he is very supportive, but I don't think he's if I want to be honest, he's not brilliant at sort of bringing it up. So mm-hmm. bring up my dad, I mean, or what happened. And it took a number of years, actually, after meeting him to actually talk to him properly about it all um mainly because he didn't want to bring it he he knew from quite early on when we were dating that I'd lost my dad but he didn't want to bring up anything more than just he didn't want to ask me questions and I didn't really talk about it in the early days and it became this thing we just never spoke about and it took some years so even now if I want to talk about it he'll he'll talk but he won't bring it up so I need to make that conscious effort to like come out with it or say something Mm. or share memories so when I go back to see my mum that's when everything sort of Feels like I'm connected. So, going back to my family home, that's my way of being connected because it's, you know, photos everywhere, you know, a lot of the same furniture. I mean, some bits have been renovated and so forth, but a lot of the same furniture is there. You know, his wardrobe is half intact actually, still. I think my mum oh. did give away some clothes, but some are still there. So, yeah, that's, I like going home because of that. And also, my mum is just brilliant at just talking about him a lot. So she'll talk, she'll bring him up quite easily. She'll talk about memories or just something that she remembers. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of feel like I need her to help me, you know, think about it. Because otherwise I feel like I kind of just got on with my present, which is lovely in one way. But it also means that I risk kind of not forgetting, but well, maybe. Yeah. Memories do fade, unfortunately. Um, another thing is I, I actually do the same job that my dad did. Wow. So that which is probably the reason why I do the job is probably because yeah. he died when I was 16 because he died and then I had to choose my A levels not that long after and university degree and I was like well I don't really know what I want to do so let me just do what he did as a way of connecting with him like I'm pretty oh. sure that had he not died I might have done something else I, I don't know I'm never going to know now so um yeah so I mean I've been working now for 13 years so I'm getting Yeah, you know, it's not when I first started working it was like oh this is exactly what my dad did but mm-hmm. yeah, now it's probably a bit different but it is a way of connecting because I I use some of his um his things that he used for work I use the same thing the same equipment and things so that has a connection and I do that every single day so that's quite yeah. nice as well so um birthdays and anniversaries yes um but after so long it, it I don't know less so actually unfortunately and I, I again I need to make a conscious effort to try and try and do that I'll I'll see my mum on on the anniversaries and things but sometimes it feels just like an ordinary day but maybe that's okay sometimes.
0: It's really interesting to hear you say that actually and it's something that over the past couple of weeks I've been thinking about quite a lot. Um, So it's been seven years since my mum passed away Mm. and hearing you sort of say you know, it's really hard to drum up memories or feel connected to them because it's just from a long time ago. And obviously for you, it's, you know, a really long time ago. And obviously that doesn't make your grief not important, but actually trying to think of them and feel connected to them is really difficult. And with you saying that you find the easiest way to do that is with your mum, I find the easiest way is with my sister. And the other day I had to Mm. message my sister and say, Can you tell me some memories about mum or can you tell me some stuff about her? Because I'm really struggling to remember her and feel connected. And I do feel like it is this sort of unspoken thing within the grief community.
1: And I think the honesty around, you know, we all feel guilty if we forget things. And um, Mm -hmm. prior to my dad, you know, I'd experienced bereavements from a young age, but I never celebrated or, you know, gave them the same energy because it was you know either a taboo within my family or and now it's kind of funny because I, I, I obviously my dad died very recently so I'm still very much like mm-hmm. um, you know remembering every month when the anniversary is but I now look back on on previous uh, bereavements and I think gosh I feel really bad that I don't celebrate their birthday I'm not entirely sure which day that person died on so it's actually really nice to hear the honesty and you saying actually you know like I see my mom and that is that's me remembering my dad and and actually the fact that your mum keeps his memory so alive still and is so happy to have those conversations all these years later and keep that keep that memory alive that's really really lovely and precious
2: yeah, definitely. I'm so grateful that she does that. I think um, I, you know, I've heard of some people who, you know, yeah, it's, it's an unspoken thing sometimes, even within the immediate family. And that can be really hard. And but it, that's unfortunate because it's the immediate family that have those memories. So it's yeah. really good if you can try and just keep that as such a keep it as a normal conversation that can continue to happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Not
1: <laughs> so you said your dad's name is Robin and you said there might be some hmm. connection to that. So can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Well, the main connection is there's that sort of phrase that I only actually heard of in recent years. But, you know, when a robin is near, loved ones, Sorry, when a, when, when a robin is here, loved ones are near or something. I don't know the actual phrase, but, but if you see a robin in, in like your garden or something, it's the sign of someone who's passed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that that was a thing um, until like one of my friends told me about it. That she saw it on some like Etsy card or something. And I looked, I looked it up and I was like, oh, wow, that's a thing. And because I always thought of like when I saw a little robin bird um I did think of my dad because because it was his name he actually would there was lots of like robin paraphernalia all over our house like he'd always buy little robins at Christmas time oh. put it all over the house oh, and okay. he always puts it, yeah he always puts it um around the uh, rear view mirror of any new car that you buy so on all our even now we do the same things so I just bought a new car in September and the first thing I did was put a robin dangling off of the rearview mirror it's it just like a, a thing so it's you know it's continued to be this thing that reminds me of him but also I've noticed that other friends who've lost people or whatever you know it's a thing for them because it is a thing like that you know robin signified like a past one um when I got married um my wedding photographer you know, hundreds of photos of people and us and everything, and he only took one photo of an animal, and it happened to be a robin singing no in way. in our wedding venue, and it was such a beautiful photo. And I don't know, I don't, I don't know how much I believe in signs. I don't think it's actually a direct sign from my dad. I don't truly believe that he is, unfortunately, I don't believe he's out there trying to show me a sign on my wedding day. However. It was such a nice thing to see when we got our wedding photos that there was the one photo that's of something other than our faces or our guests' faces was a uh, singing singing robin bird and I love yeah that. that's something which was quite significant on my wedding day when he was obviously very very missed and such a huge day for him not to be a part of to kind of have that photo there which I then dedicated a whole page of our album to just that one photo <laughs> of robin
1: bird. Um, which was really nice
2: so that's the significance of his name and anytime i see a little robin bird out there or in our cars or whatever
0: i think that's so nice and actually that's a way that you sort of stay connected by doing you know doing that to your car that's just so lovely so you run a instagram page called grief chat do you want to tell us a little bit about that and how it started and how you find that page
2: yeah um so uh, as i said to you at the beginning that i um I found uh, Kat's um, Dead Parent Club podcast about maybe a year and a half to two years ago now Um, and then I found this huge Instagram community after that and I also went as a guest on her podcast again uh, about a year ago Um, and from that I just felt like I just wanted to have a bit of an outlet really to be fair myself I don't post that often actually not uh, at the moment probably not that often at all but I definitely sort of look at other pages quite a lot but it's know it's just a way of um connecting with like like like-minded people and like Mm -hmm. you know who've had similar experiences because I do know of a couple of people in my life who have lost parents or people but there's a difference between maybe people who've lost people but also people who are like-minded in their loss as well I like talking about it but I've got a very good friend of mine who lost her mum about six years ago and To my understanding, as far as I've tried, we're very different. I don't think she likes discussing it and talking about it, and it's just something that we, you know, we're there for each other, but we haven't really truly connected about it, and that's completely fine. I mean, everyone is different, but I I feel like I'm lacking that sort of friendships in my life. Of I'm not, not that I'm trying to wish, uh, you know, loss on people around me, not at all. I'm not, but you know, all, all these years, I just haven't had people who have lost somebody and wants to share about it in the same way that I would so I have just been very silent in all these years um I have I have a friend of mine that was very much there for me um all those years ago but she hadn't gone through a loss she was a brilliant friend still is my friend but you know the difference between somebody who's actually gone through it right so yeah yeah it's always something that's missing um I didn't think I realized how much it was missing until I found this you know, this podcast from Kat and I listened to loads of these episodes and I Me thought too. I resonated with what every single person. Yeah, and I think yours was one of the first ones I listened to actually. I resonated with so much of what people were saying. I was nodding at every episode, uh, pretty, pretty much binging it really, because I was like, this yeah. is I feel so validated just by hearing someone else talk. And even if their grief was different or different ages or whatever, I still felt there was something unifying about it.
0: There's always something that somebody says and you think, gosh yeah me too or I can relate to that yeah. or whatever and it's those feelings of validation that are so important and you know I guess that's why you wanted to then go on and start your page it's why we're doing this podcast and obviously 19 years ago Instagram wasn't a thing when your dad died Absolutely. So yeah. how did you cope you know did you how did you get support or did you just not get support did you just stay silent
2: yeah, pretty much. Um, I had that one friend who was who was brilliant and was really yeah. there for me. I mean, she hadn't gone through a loss, but you know, she was my she was my rock. She still is, actually, about wow. that and anything else in my life. So which I'm very really grateful to have her. Um it was also it's a strange time as you as you can probably resonate, Alice, you know, mm. when you were a teenager, like a lot of people around you just don't you're not mature enough, unfortunately, to to have those conversations. But I've, yeah. I've unfortunately probably realise even as you get older. People probably still aren't that mature enough to have those kind of conversations. So I I did very much stay quite silent. And you know, it was sort of that was my GCSEs and then I went to A levels and you know, I just wanted to be a teenager. And I kind of maybe myself wanted to just get on with things because Mm. I just wanna like it was such a free time of your life. You just start to learn how to drive just after that, that kind of thing. And I yeah, I kind of just wanted to do all those things and I wanted it to be. Normal, so I didn't really have much of an outlet. Um, I didn't do any sort of therapy at the time, or you know, school didn't. Um, I was a bit sh- shocking, really, in a way, now, but you know, school didn't offer any sort of pastoral care, which it's I think crazy. in hindsight maybe should have really been done actually. Um, probably should have, and I'm sure that that does happen now. There's no in, it was in the, the internet was in its infancy, so I really did have nothing, unfortunately, um, around me other than that one friend and, and family were great, but yeah there wasn't really necessarily they were great for other things like bringing food or what have you I'm talking about sort of extended family and then within my close family like my mum and my sister it's it's hard when you're all going through the same loss really so it's so hard to lean on them I wanted to be strong in inverted commas for my mum and Mm -hmm. I, don't, I, I didn't then go to her emotionally. So yeah, I think I just buried it, to be fair. And I think it's probably all coming out right now.
0: <laughs> I was, yeah, I was just gonna say, you sort of spoke about, you know, this sense of burying your grief. And, you know, you spoke about how you just wanted to be a normal teenager and carry on and do normal mm. teenage things. When do you think that your grief has started surfacing back up? Like, do you think like right now? Do you think
2: I think there's that sort of cliche phrase you know waves of grief or something so yeah I think there's been different moments uh, that it, that things come up right so you know when I went to university and I met a whole bunch of new people you could kind of hide right and you can be like oh you know whatever happened a couple of years ago I could just bury that and it took me a long time to tell university friends that I'd even lost my dad I actually kind of pretty much pretended i still had not live dad actually for about 7 months which was a bit stupid at the time Aww. um but and then when i cuz then they didn't know him and I, I was i was 3 hours away at university and they'd be like oh what would your parents do and i just kind of talked about him in the presence in the present sorry um yeah. but then when i did end up you know finally having to spill the beans to them all those months later it became a bit of a thing so then it kind of came pouring out um and then i went traveling in my mid 20s on my own and that was like one of these rite of passage where you cliche find yourself in inverted commas and Aww. that really gave me some time to like think for the first time because yeah. you're kind of on a bit of a you're on a bit of a robotic journey where you know go to school and get a job or whatever whereas that that bit when I went traveling for a few months was a time for me to kind of think and I don't know reflect and all that kind of um cheesy stuff and I think that <laughs> there was a there was a moment some moments then and then like when I met my boyfriend, then husband, like I probably then kind of not forgot about it, but then, you know, oh, well, you know, I've got this new, new boyfriend. Let me just, you know, carry on with that. And again, I didn't, like I said earlier, I didn't really talk to him about it. So that got buried again and only came out about five years later when my, one of my best friends lost her mum. And that was absolutely devastating for her. But also, you know, I, I knew her mum and also it brought up things for me and that kind of helped sort of bring things to the surface a bit and I started talking a bit about it with my husband a bit more so there's been loads of moments that that it kind of gets buried and then it comes out and then becoming Mm. a parent three years ago has kind of brought it back up again Mm. uh, because you could really be sudden suddenly realizing your own mortality and Mm. yeah so it kind of comes and goes in in like I said waves this and I'm sure at one point it'll be buried again and come back again who knows but it just shows how non-linear this whole thing is isn't
1: it <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah i i was going to ask you actually about your about your son because i was speaking to somebody the other day who said that they you know had a loss of quite a long time ago and and they had those waves and actually it wasn't until they had their their first child that they went oh my goodness like i need to deal with all this grief because you do realize your own mortality mm how do you you know how do you do you you keep your you know do you bring your father into conversation you know you obviously your son is quite young but do you do you bring him up or do you plan on kind of making him part of a part of his life as well
2: yes I I very much hope so um yeah he is I mean he is young and I don't think he quite gets the concept of of dying but I, I I want to be as as um Open and transparent with him about it whenever, you know, whenever it comes up. Or, I mean, I, ha- I have mentioned it to him, but I don't really think he understands. Like I said, oh, you know, he's died, and he's like, okay, and then carries on playing or something. So, so he knows who he is. There's photos around. Like my mum, like I said earlier, talks about him a lot and makes sure she yeah. makes a point to talk to her grandchildren about it. My, she's got three other grandchildren from my sister as well, and my mum will like talk a lot to all of them about about their about their granddad. So. you know they're all aware of him um I I try to where possible as well and try to share like a memory like I told him about the robin and the car thing and things like that so so he he he, he's aware of him but I don't think he understands the full full concept of that he's not here but I do want to make that quite normal whenever that kind of comes naturally I don't want to hide that from him I think it's really important to let children be fully aware of Death and grief from as young as possible, because I mean we're all going to go through it, um, hopefully he goes through it when he's a lot older, but he might not. I think I was shielded from grief as a child by my parents, you know they only did what they thought was best, but they completely shielded me from it, and then when it then happened to me mm-hmm. when I was still a child, it just you know it hits you like a meteorite kind of thing, and maybe had I have felt a bit of openness with it all as a family, we could talk about that. It might have helped or maybe it wouldn't have I don't know, but i just want to normalize that conversation with with children because Absolutely. yeah I think it's so important so yeah I will I am trying and I will continue to try as, as his understanding appropriate for his understanding shall we say
0: yeah definitely I think um with what you're saying as well you know you try and talk about it and he goes okay and then runs off with his toys it's you know I've <laughs> yes. just got this image of, of of that happening um I mean he must have you know you've said about it brought up your own feelings of you know your own mortality but I'm mm. guessing that he's a, he's a real joy to have around and keeps keeps you going
2: keeps yes, you busy no, of course. <laughs> he does yeah but I think like I think I've always been paranoid about losing people ever since like you know like, yeah. I'm sure you both resonate here you know you just think everyone's gonna die any second now and I think Literally. I just like being parent. Literally, you think that, you know, your, your phone rings at an at odd time or something, and you're like, what's going on? You know. So yes. yes you know, that that has constantly been there for 19 years. And it is something that I'm I'm happy with. I'm kind of, I don't mind that. That's just the way I am. But now I'm kind of suddenly thinking of that about myself. Yeah. I never really thought about that before becoming a parent. I was worried about, oh, well, you know, if I haven't heard from my mum for some time or if, you know, my husband hasn't read his whatsapp messages like well maybe he's dead or something you know whereas now i'm worried about myself i'm like oh you know i need to make sure like i'm really i'm carefully driving home from work because what if i leave my son motherless (laughs) you know like I, I, i didn't really think about my loss until i became a parent and it really scares me to like leave him without me and i'm now paranoid for my husband in other ways yes, about my loss if he went, but also about, you know, if my son loses his dad and it's kind of bringing up a lot of paranoia about that. And I I think my husband thinks I'm probably a bit bit silly the way I am about it, but I'm just like, well, you know, he's got no clue. I mean, my my husband is so fortunate enough that he has just not gone through a loss at all in his 34 years. So, um, uh, well, he's lost a couple of peripheral, but, you know, nothing, you know, it's, it's, you know, not nothing like what I have. So, yeah he just he just accepted that's just the way I am I'm just going to be kind of super paranoid but it's also made me be a lot more present and in the moment with my son and not putting things off and you know things like that and always just trying to yeah just in case it's the last time you know (laughs) so (laughs)
0: yeah I think it's really interesting what you said about the whole phone call thing because I can totally resonate with that and so unfortunately both of my parents I found out had died just via a phone call and both of them were sudden deaths so yeah um, as you can imagine you know and as you've spoken about phone call anxiety and death anxiety is huge for me and I remember saying this to somebody I work with once I think my phone was ringing and I was like ah like oh who's who's died and they were like what you're crazy and I was like no if you have found out two people have died via a phone call you're gonna get anxiety about phone calls and death anxiety like and it's funny because this man is in his 50s and both of his parents are alive and in their 80s. So, of course, he's not going to have that right. same anxiety.
2: <laughs> no, absolutely. Yes, it's it's I guess it's become worse since we've kind of like got smartphones and we are sort of expecting people to be, you know, like I, I think of it not just when I get a phone call, but if my mum hasn't responded to a phone call or, so, or a text or something. And like I'm so like oh but oh, and how come she hasn't looked at her phone for three hours <laughs> you know like yeah. what's going like, on we're um, meant to all
1: be ready readily available at every yeah, point of our moment exactly.
2: <laughs> um, I completely expect that of her unfortunately that she'll just like you know respond straight away and even it was just a couple of weeks ago that I had to call her at 9 30 which is not very late at night but I was like I texted you at seven like what's going on and She's like, just <laughs> watching a film I'm map. so sorry <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah it's um but I just laugh it off and just like well you know I'm glad I'm checking in on her I mean she lives alone so I you know it's, it's important that someone does so um but yeah it's uh I don't think that'll ever change um yeah. but I'm, I'm I'm fine about it though it's it's I don't think it necessarily negatively impacts my life actually so I'll carry on yeah. being paranoid <laughs> I like that I think we're all going to be paranoid mm. <laughs> yeah I think it's fine yeah <laughs>
1: Have you got anything that you can give us as your sort of the biggest things that have helped you through your grief? I know that you said, that, you know, you haven't had that kind of friendship that has, I mean, you've had friendships, but not the kind of re- the relationships where you can actually relate on the same kind of bereavement. But have you got any kind of big things that have really helped you on your day to day, whether it's now or whether it was, you know, when you first lost your dad?
2: Um, so I think um, well, I talk about my mum a lot and I think her attitude towards everything um, really helped, actually, um, really helped kind of shape my view on what happened. And, you know, because it was it was sudden, unexpected and it was kind of bordering on unexplained, unfortunately, as well. You know, we had an inquest and it wasn't necessarily conclusive. So, you know, it's really hard to navigate those questions of. You know, could it could something have been done, uh, which maybe it could have actually, you know, those kind of things. And I could really dwell on it. Whereas my mum has got a really good way of just not dwelling on that kind of thing. You know, she's very much, you know, yeah. you know, if we, we can't do anything about that, why are you, you know, why are you questioning it? Like, I don't know, like she wasn't trying to like sort of stop me from feeling those things. But the fact that she wasn't doing those things and she wasn't questioning it was helping me try not to because there's only so much there's not much you can do if you question it forever I know you just have to you just have to just uh, accept the unknown sometimes and it's so
0: difficult though isn't it and it's really hard it really is I can totally resonate with the what if we did that or what if we have done that or you know all these questions and whys and what ifs and um your mum sounds wonderful for being able to think like Mm. that but I'm really envious of people who are able to have that sort of mindset and be able to not sort of lie there and think I mean I'm sure she does I'm sure she does but um she does yeah not lie there thinking why or what if and it's so tiring having those thoughts
2: it is absolutely um I think yeah she's like I want to spend my energy thinking about you know the positives or the 20 years I had with him rather than the 20 years that I'm not going to have with him and you know she's so positive that I mean sometimes you sometimes things are crap though and you have to just not look at the positives right so you have to accept that you know things aren't yeah and she does think that sometimes but on the whole she she has been probably that influence on on me which is really commendable given that you know she was still like trying to raise me and my sister and we you know both still quite dependent on our parents we were dependent on them definitely financially still at that point we weren't you know having our own jobs or anything so you know my mom had to do too much she had to work a lot more after then he died and she had to do so much and she actually took on all, you know all the kind of like I mean I remember dealing with the funeral and so forth but she did all the sort of like you know the probate stuff afterwards and yeah. all that kind of thing and I didn't get involved at all and my sister was at university and I just don't know how she did that all on her own and I think yeah I think I'd say my mom is probably my biggest sort of influence and I'm so, so grateful um and I just hope that I have been there for her as well and yeah. I, I hope so I don't think we're emotionally very connected about it um like we don't sit there and cry about it or we haven't a lot um but we're there in other ways um yeah. so I think that was probably the big thing at, at, at the time um and I think in subsequent years I probably have had to deal with a lot of it sort of on my own unfortunately or, or, or what have you but um, a couple of years ago, I did start therapy for the first time um, mm. in my life. And it was that was triggered by um, a miscarriage that I'd had in, in 2019. So it wasn't triggered by my dad or anything else. But that miscarriage kind of brought up feelings of grief. And I then realized that I had a lot in me that I hadn't dug into. And, you know, therapy is something which is a bit more normalized now. So that's why it felt OK to do yeah. but back in 2002. I don't don't even think I'd heard of it or or I I don't even know what I was thinking so it just Mm. wasn't a wasn't a thing so um yeah I ended up being in therapy quite quite a while actually well over a year so um it started off talking a bit about my miscarriage but then next thing you know it goes down this rabbit hole and I think that that really helped because I hadn't spoken about it much over the years and I think I really needed I needed some space to just let it all out without um having to talk to the other person about their life or anything just just time for me and um yeah and you know it shows that even after a number of years you can still you could still get help in inverted commas if you want to call therapy that you know you could still you know Mm. it's never too late to start um exploring those things should you want to go down that route so I think that's been something which has helped me um Uh, recently and then starting this Instagram page is just a way of feeling validated I think you just need to feel heard whether it's whether it's by strangers on the internet or by yeah strangers a therapist or 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 real people in your life I think it's um nice to feel less alone I think anything that makes you feel less alone helps helps in your grief because it can be really lonely
1: absolutely and I think that's a really important message for people to hear that you know there isn't a time limit on on when that help runs out there isn't a time where mm. you know you can't revisit that grief, but also there's there's probably not going to be a time where you're going to feel completely without that grief, and there will be things that will trigger you along the way, whether that's you know um, you know recent bereavements or whether that's you know other part you know other traumas that that trigger those that they trigger those feelings again. I know a lot of people when the pandemic started that triggered those feelings of grief again because it was suddenly mm. like the world stopped and. And sometimes when you're living in your grief, that's what it feels like. It feels like everything is changing yeah. and you can't quite keep up with it. Did you find Absolutely. that, you know, how have you found the pandemic? You know, being being a mother to a young child, as well as as well as you know, dealing with these these other bereavements as well.
2: Um, it's been um, it's been interesting because I kind of feel that like a lot of people can like, resonate with the feeling of like like isolation in, in a different kind of way. You know, so like you know suddenly all my like my friends like the vast majority of my friends have got their you know both their parents and so forth, you know everyone's suddenly so worried about their parents' health, you know, yeah. and I think um I haven't really heard anyone really speak like that ever um unless you know their parents have been unwell for whatever reason over the years, so it's you know it's something which i I've, I've I'm always worried about with, with my mom and my members of my family is is their is their health and and so forth um and it that's felt like it was a quite strange I remember at the beginning, feeling um like there was a bit of again like a little bit of less isolation with it because other people were starting to feel that way as well and people worrying about their parents mortality and so forth and you know I then you know became really worried about about my mum who was then living on her own and after some time we were allowed to sort of bubble up with a person who lives on their own but in those first few months you you couldn't and it was just it was just awful um Mm -hmm. you know to 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 you know have her she doesn't live very far from me but um to to be worried about her health but also just not be able to to sort of see her yeah. as well so um and then at the same time seeing all these awful awful news stories around the world uh, and locally and everything of people losing and you know and every time every time you hear someone else losing uh, a member of the family or especially a parent and so forth it's you know it tr- it's a triggering thing every time I see uh like a death or something in the news you know it's it's very very triggering yeah. and it has been so much about. that over the last year and that certainly has um triggered a lot and I'd started my page in the middle of the pandemic and so forth as you know I I was looking at other people's pages a lot then you know I had more time as well sort of with less to do so yeah definitely brought a lot of things up in my head um in this last year as it probably I'm assuming it's had um you know for yourselves as well
0: if you could go back to when you're 16 and tell yourself something Mm what would you tell yourself
2: yeah if I had to say um I mean so I would say try and um try and find some way to talk about it um try and find someone who can resonate with I think that's like something that you know I I lacked and it's hard it was hard to do that back in back in 2002 the age I was and the resources that were there but like say if it was now You know, it's quite easy to find things online. Like, you know, you can't, your friends might not have any um, shared Mm -hmm. experiences, but, you know, try and find um, more outlets. I I didn't have enough. Um, And even though I think, you know, I did get through my teens okay, and I probably was relatively happy. It was there was just so much going on inside that wasn't really being dealt with. And I I wish I had probably dealt with it earlier than later. Mm So yeah, finding more outlets for it, more as in actual talking outlets, not outlets like going for a run or distraction outlets, but actually talking about how I'm feeling because that's something which I know I like doing. Mm. So I wish I would, I wish I did that more, and I would probably tell her to don't hesitate to talk about what happened or memories. I I, I did it so so little that most of my friends just don't know anything. I just don't know any memories about him I I, the group of friends that I were friends with at the time I'd only recently became friends with them so they don't actually know my dad very well either Mm. some of them only met him maybe once or something so yeah I just I I find it hard to talk about memories now with them because I just never did it then it'll be quite strange if I suddenly say now after 19 years oh by the way I've got this memory to share with you guys they'll be like what you haven't said anything since 2002 what's up so yeah (laughs) it's much easier to do that I mean like I said before better late than never I could do it if I really wanted to um but it's it's quite hard actually with people that haven't gone through it or just haven't been a part of that journey with me so I wish I just made that the norm then I think
0: what it sparked from I don't know if you follow Mark Lemon on Instagram I do Mm. I'm pretty sure he did it as an exercise um he wrote a letter to his younger self because I think he was like about 12 when he was bereaved. Mm. So I, I think it might have sparked from there, just sort of randomly popped into my head.
2: Um, yeah, no, it's a good one. Yeah, definitely.
1: So lastly, Mira, it would be great if you'd be happy to share a
2: memory of your dad. Like my my favourite memory of myself, my dad was we uh, we uh, he used to love cricket. It was his favourite, um, his favourite hobby not to not to play to watch actually so we would go to an annual cricket match just me and him and my mum never didn't come or my older sister didn't come and it was our father-daughter bonding thing um so yeah that's my favorite memory every single year we'd go we'd watch cricket he'd buy me whatever food I want ice cream sweets I mean I did it from such a young age uh-huh. from maybe sort of six or seven um up until he died and when he died there were two tickets there for a uh, match about seven weeks later um which we ended up going to with my mum and we got another ticket for 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 my sister as well and we ended up scattering some of his ashes um um around the area as well which um which was yeah like I mean I I I did try and keep it up and I ended up going to a cricket match again I think a couple of years later with a friend and I've gone once with my husband a few years ago and but I've kind of lost I've lost that tradition and I think I it was nice to kind of keep that as with him, though, rather than keeping it up in one way, because you kind of yeah. want to keep that memory as, as that. But, yeah, that's my favourite memory. and I'm really glad that I had something which was just for me and him.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Groove Sofa podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review
0: to help us reach new listeners. If you have enjoyed listening and would like to join us on The Groove Sofa, please get in touch on Instagram at The grief Sofa or email us the grief at gmail.com